This sermon audio is presented to you by Pastor Tommy Brandon and Calvary Church of Fort Worth. For more information, visit our website at calvaryftw.com. So let's get started winning at financial stewardship. This is where we're going to dive in. Go with me to the book of Luke, chapter number 16. Let me ask you a question. And don't, you don't, this is a rhetorical question. You don't, don't, don't feel obliged to, to give me an answer because I think there's three categories of people here today with this answer. Some of you are going to know the answer. Some of you are going to think you know the answer. And then some of you are going to be like me that you just need the answer. Here's the question to Luke 16. What is this word? What is mammon? Mammon. I, I've always, I kind of got it wrong. I always thought when the Bible talked about mammon, it was talking about money. Money, mammon, mammon, money. I, I never knew why they called it mammon, but I just kind of thought that meant money. And in reality, there's, there, there's a few layers that we need to peel back to get a full understanding of the word mammon. And, and it's found in Luke 16, verse number 9. And I say to you, make friends for yourselves by unrighteous mammon, that when you fail, they may receive you into an everlasting home. He who is faithful in what is least is faithful also in much. And he who is unjust in what is least is unjust also in much. Therefore, if you have not been faithful in the unrighteous mammon, who will commit to your trust true riches? And if you have not been faithful in what is another man's, who will give you what is your own? No servant can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or else he'll be loyal to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. But what is mammon? Well, let me help you understand it. Mammon means riches. Riches. But now let's pull another layer off. It means the, the God of riches. Let's pull the layer off. It goes back to Babylon. Now... Let's, let's talk about Babylon. Anybody familiar with the Tower of Babel? Here's the big one. If you know the story of the Tower of Babel, you'll know that the Tower of Babel represented another word, and that word was Babel. It means confusion. So when Luke 16 is referencing mammon, it's not just the, the, the general word of money. It's the confusion of handling, of understanding, of using, of stewarding over money. And last Sunday, if you were here, or if you've listened online possibly, we compared Corinth, Corinth to America. How Corinth was, was, was prosperous financially. How Corinth was intellectually uh, sound, but how Corinth also was morally corrupt. Well, today I want you to understand about, uh, and, and this is not political, so don't think this is a political stab. I'm an American, so I can speak about, about our economy. Our economy is strong, but our understanding of finance is broken. Now, let me, let me go a little further. I'm about to give an example that every single one of our 12-year-olds and up that are in the room even you're going to get this. So everybody in the room, you need to be awake and catch this right now. If our American government's model of finances were placed in an individual's understanding, a personal life, this is what it would look like. An individual that makes $50,000 a year, 
that spends $80,000 a year, that borrows $200,000 a year. That's the American idea of finance. Now, you join me right now, get a little attitude about yourself, and say, but that don't add up. Now, say it with a little something. But that don't add up. It doesn't add up. The progressive thinking and understanding in our government and its economic approach, it doesn't add up. What's happening, though, is that's, that's taking over the thoughts of young adults. It's taking over the thoughts of older adults. It's taking over the thoughts of humanity. So now what people are doing, we, we think, well, I want it, but I can't afford it. But I'll just swipe for it, and I'll pay it off later. And then we get to our deathbed, and we look at our children in the eye, and we say, I love you. Pay off my debts. <laughs> and our children go, no! And the nurse says, it's okay. No, it's not. Are you grieving? No, I'm mad because I just inherited red. I've just taken on debts. Listen, guys, I'm going to have a little fun with you today, and I want you to understand this. There is an old way. There's a proven way. I know progressive thinking thinks that God's ways are antiquated. They're out of style. They're out of touch. They don't make sense. But I will tell you, they work. They're going to lead you to a place of solvency. They're going to lead you to a place of life. They're gonna, they're gonna, they're gonna, you're going to maintain your financial health doing it God's way. Or you could constantly be on the bottom if you choose to do it the world's way. It's the same idea as last week when it comes to family and sexual identity and, and sexual attraction and, and, and the lust of the eye, the lust of, 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 the, of the body, the flesh, and the, and the pride of life. This is the same thing, just two different topics because they both matter. Most people are, are thinking, man, you really need to spend more time on that last Sunday, but, but it's this topic that's actually destroying families. I need a better amen than that. Son, that was a Thursday night mass kind of amen. I need a Sunday morning kind of amen. Thank you, Ron. (laughs) Go over to Malachi chapter 3. Old Testament book of Malachi chapter 3. I want to talk about the tithe. I want to talk about tithing just for a moment. Then we'll... We'll shift gears, but I want to talk about tithing. Gentleman came to me after the 8.30 service. His name is Mark. He's a friend of mine here, and uh, he was in the service with me this morning, and Mark came up and he said, I don't know why, but I kind of felt like maybe you were a little too apologetic today. I said, what do you mean? He said, bro, let me tell you something. What you preached on today, it, it, it's got, it, it has to be taught. So I feel a little bit more encouragement now than I did earlier. And I want to really teach this to you. I want to talk to you about the tithe. The tithe is the tenth. It's the first tenth of your increase. And just as last Sunday felt uncomfortable for some, 
this is going to feel uncomfortable for some. But there's nothing wrong with feeling uncomfortable. That just means that the word of the Lord is ministering to you. So don't feel weird about being uncomfortable. It's totally okay to be uncomfortable with this topic. But I can tell you right now, it's going to help you if you'll just have an open heart. Let's talk about the tithe. Malachi chapter number 3, verse number 10. Bring ye all the tithes into the storehouse, that there may be meat in mine house. Improve me now herewith, saith the Lord of hosts. Now, for the next several sentences, we're going to see the benefits. Everyone say the benefits of tithing. Because, guys, it's in the word of the Lord. There are benefits for being a tither. But I want to go on record real quick because I want you to know where I'm at as a senior pastor. Tithing is not a heaven or hell issue. So take a deep breath. This is not hellfire and brimstone. This is just to get you to a, a, a winning point in life. All I want to see you is, is blessed. We're not talking about heaven or hell. So don't come with me with your Monday morning text. I can't believe you put me in hell. No, you, you might. You might, but I'm not. Because I can't even put you in heaven. I can't put you in heaven or put you in hell. But I can tell you right now, the word of the Lord can put you on a path to, to, to a little bit more happiness and rest. So here it is. Here's the benefits of being a tither. I will open the windows of heaven. This is not a trick question. How many of you would want the windows of heaven opened up over your life? It's not a trick question. I'm not setting you up. <laughs> Don't go, I do, but I'm not going to dare raise my hand in front of that preacher. I'm serious. Wouldn't you love the windows of heaven opened up over your life? Well, this is what happens when you're a tither. The windows of heaven are opened up, and guess what happens? God will pour you out a blessing. And there shall not be room enough, not be room enough to receive it. And it's almost like one of those, it's like one of those uh, commercials, and if you call right now, if you call in the next 10 minutes, it sounds like that, right? It's not that. It just simply continues on. It says, and, and there's more. I will rebuke the devourer for your sakes. And he shall not destroy the fruits of your ground. It's, it's like God is, it, God has a personal interest in you here. Why? Because you've taken a personal interest in him. Because you've become a tither now God says, I am the Lord of all. It looks like this guy, this lady, this family, it looks like this individual, this business, it looks like this organization really wants me to call the shots. Well, if I can call the shots in their life, what I'm going to do is open up the windows of heaven. I'm going to pour out a blessing on them. I'm even going to rebuke the devourer off their life. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to allow their, the, to, them to be fruitful and neither shall your vine cast her fruit before the time in the field. Their fruit's not going to be out of season. It's going to be right on time, says the Lord of hosts. And then verse 12, it just gets better. It says, and all nations shall call you, everybody say the word, blessed, and ye shall be a delightsome you will be delightful. You will have an abundance about you, says the Lord of hosts. 
Now listen, this church has tithers and this church has non-tithers. It has both. We're all going to the same place if you've declared Jesus as your Lord. If you've placed your faith in the grace of Jesus Christ, tithers and non-tithers, we're all going to heaven. But there are one group, there is one group that's going to enjoy the journey a little bit more. And let me tell you, there's two testimonies that I always hear. It never changes. The tither says these words, I am blessed. You know what the non-tither says? I love Jesus. Sure. Praise the Lord. Sure. Sure. But you know what the non-tither says? I can't afford to tithe. And guess what? You're right. You can't afford to tithe until you tithe. Then you can. Because the tithe literally makes the difference. It breaks the curse, man. So you're absolutely right. Well, I put a calculator to it there, Rev. And uh, my math, was, uh, I've just kind of looked at it. And at the end of the day, I just don't think I can. You, you can't. Because you're trying, to, you're trying to give something that's not in the budget. You're missing the point of tithing. Tithing's not the electric bill, the water bill, the, 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 the Brahms milk. Is that not the greatest milk of all time? It's, it's not the blizzard. It's not the trip to Disneyland. The tithe is not gas. The tithe is not Starbucks. The, the tithe has nothing to do with the budget. The tithe says, you know what, God, I just had an increase in my life, and you've been so good to me that I don't want to handle anything on my own. I'm dangerous on my own. I'm, I'm kind of like an idiot on my own. So, Lord, I declare you the Lord of all, and I want to give you the first tenth as a sign that I trust you. And now I've got my budget. Now, 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 I want to help some of you here. Some of y'all have been trying to budget tithing. Tithing's before budgeting. Well, that doesn't make arithmetic sense. Neither does your grammar, but. Are you following me? We're basically going to take our increase and we're going to say, God, I need wisdom. You're the God of my life. And I need to know what to do with this. Whether it's a dollar, whether it's a thousand dollars, whether it's a million dollars. God, I need to know what to do with this. And, and, and I need your say-so. I need your wisdom. I need your guidance. I need your approval. I need your redemption. I need your power. I need your trust. I, I need you. So, God, I'm going to give you here control. I'm giving you control. How am I going to do that? I'm going to bring you what you've trusted me with, and I'm going to bring it back to you in relationship in the tithe. Now, I don't want to be misheard, okay? Everybody listen clearly, or you're going to tweet something I didn't say, and then I'm going to have to unfollow you. Watch, everybody. Watch this. There is an attitude. I'm going to say the word spirit. There's an, an attitude, a, a spirit, a force in how you handle what comes into your life. You will either choose life with it or you will choose death with it. You're going to have it anyway. 
And, and I know I'm a, I'm a believer and I'm a preacher and I'm a Christian and, and I know that I might say things that you would want to critique. And when I say God gave it to you, you would want to respond, God didn't give me that. I worked for that. But God gave you the hands to work. And I'm not trying to get nitpicky. But you've already missed it if you think that you control this thing. You're already missing it. God woke you up this morning and God gave you your education and God gave you your job and God gave you your health and God gave you, God gave you. So we're, we, we need a Bible study on that before we can ever get to the tithe. If you think that you're calling the shots, buddy, I hope it's working out good for you. But the moment that you wake up and say, God, I thank you for waking me up. And I thank you for what's just hit my hand. You just gave me increase. It could have been a direct deposit. It could have been cash. It could have been, it could have been a money gram. It could have been a check. It, but whatever, however it came into your life, if you will take the approach, God, thank you, for, thank you for depositing into me. Thank you for your provision. Now, I want to, I want to declare you the Lord of all. And here comes the choice. If you want to do it the, the, the new progressive way, if you want to take your 50000 and you want to figure out a creative way called a credit card or loans or anything else to spend eighty, and then you need to go get a loan for two hundred, you feel free to do that. But I will tell you there's death in that. Or you can take it and go God's way. God, it's $100 or it's $1,000 or it's hundred grand. It doesn't matter the amount. It's the heart and it's, it's, it's also, it's also that, that, that point of reference called that tithe. God, I'm going to trust you with this. I can tell you right now, that attitude and that spirit will determine how things fully go for you. Well, that's kind of fearful. No, this is faith. The fear comes when you think that it's all yours. The faith comes when you know that it's all his. Somebody take a deep breath. Now you have the, now you have the breath. Say it. That's good preaching. That's good preaching. Yeah, you had to get that breath to be able to say it because there was no air in the room 30 seconds ago. If I would have said that, y'all would have been like, <laughs> you sounded like a non-filter dude. You know what I mean? This is what's happened. In the church, there's been these two awful misunderstandings of finance that have made its way into the church. And they even use the word gospel with them. And it's not biblical. There is no such thing as a prosperity gospel. You're not going to give to get. And I just, I, I love you enough to be honest with you. You don't give to get. You know, you, you don't say, well, I'm going to give an extra 20 today, and then we're going to go to the 7-Eleven, and we're getting a scratch off. Because <laughs> the big man saw me. I gave an extra 20. Mama, give him a 20. Give him a 20. <laughs> and we're going to go over there and play bingo. And we're going to get us some do-re-me. <laughs> Listen to me, everybody. There's no such thing as miracle money that's going to, like, you're going to be pulling weeds in your flower bed. And there it was, $1,000 rolled up in a rubber band. God is good. No, somebody selling drugs got nervous. They tossed the money in your flower bed. Now, 
I will happily receive drug money. But it wasn't miracle money. So this idea of this 2 a.m. televangelist, write the big check, go in debt to pay their their TV bill, and you're going to become a millionaire in 30 days. It's not true, everybody. You want me to tell you how to be successful? Hard work. Want me to tell you how to be blessed? Be a tither. It's no prosperity gospel. Neither is there a poverty gospel. Both of these have destroyed the idea of of Christian understanding of godly stewardship. You're never going to give your way to being healed of cancer. Nor are you ever going to pour your way of being healed of cancer. Are you following me today? The poverty gospel says you can't have anything nice. You can't have anything of value. You can't save for retirement. Why why save for retirement? The Lord's coming. We don't know if the Lord's coming and when he's coming. We just know he will. But good Lord, (laughs) I ain't taking that to. That's not my retirement plan. I send my wife off to work every day for my retirement plan. (laughs) You get on out there and make me some money, woman. We're going to save your money. Because if Jesus don't come back now, we're not going to have them kids trying to pay our bills. Because in our luck, they're never leaving. <laughs> so guess what? The poverty gospel, this whole idea of, of, of you're more spiritual because you're broke. No, you're dumb. <laughs> your wealth doesn't make you spiritual. And your Brokenness doesn't make you spiritual. Your wealth means you went to work. And your brokenness means you slept. Want me to lead you to spirituality? Spirituality says, I'm going to wake up and I'm going to go to work. And I'm going to buy what I want and save what I want and do what I want after I declare that he is the provider of all things in my life. After he is first, he is the Lord. Prosperity gospel, ah. Eh. Poverty gospel, ah. Eh. Provision gospel. Winning. We're winning in the provision gospel that God is good all the time. And all the time, God is good. He is my provider. And what I do with what he provides will determine how things go in my life. So I want to be a tither. There's benefits. The windows of heaven are open. He's going to pour out a blessing that I can't even handle it so good. He's going to rebuke the devourer in my life for my sake. And my fruit's going to come in at the right time. It's not going to be dried up or spoiled or out of season. I am going to be a delightsome person. I'm going to be in a life of an abundance. I'm going to be able to bless and give. I'm going to be able to, to, to be someone that, that freely refreshes others. And when I do refresh others, I am going to be refreshed. Are y'all following this today? Watch this. Let's go on further now. Look at 1 Timothy chapter 6. I'm going to help some of you get a better understanding on on this mammon thing. First Timothy chapter 6, verse 10. 
for the love of money. Everybody say, the love of money is the root of all evil. The love of money is the root of all evil. Let me tell you, hey, everybody in the room, there's nothing wrong with having money, but if money's got a hold of you, you're in trouble. Have as much of it as you want and do with it to help others, to, to bless others, to be a giver. But once the money gets you, you're in trouble. Because now there's a new Lord in your life. There's a new master over you. It's the old American buck. The American dollar is calling the shots in your life. You have given your allegiance over to finance. What you were created to control and steward over and manage is now calling the shots in your life. The love of money is the root of all evil. Listen to this. Which while some coveted after, thou shalt not covet, but you're coveting after. They have erred from the faith. You can't live in the faith that believing that God is your provider if you're chasing and coveting and desiring and loving and wanting and, 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 and chasing after money. And they've pierced themselves. Notice the wording. They, they, they brought this pain and hurt and disappointment upon themselves through many sorrows. Money is not evil. Money is not good. Money is just money. What declares it as evil or good, what declares it as evil or spiritual, what declares it as, as a plus or a minus is what it finds when it hits your hand. You determine. You are the one that chooses the results of the money. It's not anything wrong with having it. You're not, you're not going to be better than anybody else with it. It's what you do with it that determines the results of money. Money's neutral, everybody, but you're not. And the more you get, the more revelation of who you are will be revealed. You start out with 20 grand a year in your job, you're one person. And if you're not a tither, and if you're not disciplined, and if you're not understanding stewardship, you get to $200,000, you can become a different person. But if you handle the 200,000 like you handle the 20,000 in stewardship, you're, you, you're also a different person because you're making a bigger difference. Can I get an amen today? Well, I'm, I'm 45 and I'm preaching like it. I don't have me a birthday. Twenty years old, I couldn't preach like this because I didn't understand it. I didn't get it. I tithed, but I was under the coaching of my father. I was under the discipleship of my father. Not a preacher, a businessman, hard worker. But I didn't realize what 
what I was doing was opening up the windows of heaven in my life. I hadn't gotten, I hadn't gotten to an age yet to see that the fruit was actually coming up. I didn't see it. Then you hit 25 and you hit 30. I can tell you right now, everybody, whenever I got that first little job push mowing that, 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 that house next door of Mr. Rick Bear, and I got that first little bit of cash given to me, and my daddy said, give me your money. I said, you better back up. I've been known to beat a man. <laughs> and my dad's like, shut up. Give me your money. And he started showing me, this is how you handle money. Or the money's going to handle you. Taught me how to tithe on little bits. Taught me how to tithe on more. Taught me how to tithe on more. And the more you can be trusted with, if you'll just never change your approach, if you'll work God's plan, God's plan will work for you. And I want to speak this over every person in this room in the name of Jesus Christ. If you were tithing at 15, if you were tithing at 20, if you were tithing at 30, look back over your life and think things over. And you will see through the years that God has been good to you. That God has richly, richly blessed you. Progressive thinking? Oh, what do you have to show for it? Look, I've got plenty to show for it. Are you following me? If you've never tithed, why not start now? If you want things to be different in your tomorrow than they are today, something's got to change to make it different. Let's, let's, let's. Let's, let's hurry. John D. Rockefeller said, I never, was, I, I, I never would have been able to tithe the first million dollars I ever made if I had not tithed my first salary, which was $1.50 a week. And this is the big disconnect. Most people have this thought, well, man, of course, I, I can tithe. I make $100 a week. Well, if you start thinking that you can't tithe at 100 and you have the mindset, well, I can't tithe. You can, but I can't tithe on 100, but I could if I had 1,000. If you can't tithe on 100, you're not going to tithe on 1,000. Y'all ready? I'm going to have to wrap it up. Here we go. Watch this. Let me show you the difference in giving and bringing back. Giving, bringing back. Most people that are non-tithers, what do they say? I can't afford to tithe. Why can't you? I don't have it. I don't have it. I need more to afford it. Here's why. Because in your mind, you're giving it. You're trying to give something that's yours away. Tithing is not giving what's yours away. Tithing is bringing what's his back to him. Denora and I just took our girls. We were out of town for spring break. And my buddy here at the church, Sam Rodriguez, was very kind. He helped us with this little furry dude at my house named Boudreaux, my dog. And he also kind of helped us with our house, kept an eye on our house while we were gone. And wouldn't it be interesting if I came home and Sam said, well, you know, Pastor, I've been thinking, man, I love you so much. You're, 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 you're you know, I just love you, man. I, I've been thinking about this and I've considered it and I've, I've prayed about it. 
and I want to give you this dog. I want to give you this house. I'd be like, Sam, son, are you on crack? That's my dog. And that's my house. How are you going to give me my dog and give me my house? Well, I, I just wanted to give it to you. But you can't give it to me. It's mine. I need you to just bring it back to me. Hey, everybody. The reason you don't think you can afford to tithe is because you've got this idea that you're giving it to him. You're not giving it to him. It's his. He's blessed you with it. Now, let's think two more thoughts before I pray over you. Let's think for ourselves about an earthly father that's in a healthy relationship with, a, with an earthly child. Use that as your lens. That's what we're looking at this story through. If you're in a healthy relationship with your dad and he's, he's, he's gotten you a new job and you go and you say, yeah, that's my dad and they hire you and you get your first job at 12, 13, 15, 17, 18 years old and you come home, think about these two different approaches. That's right. I got me a job, Dad. Got my paycheck. And I'm going to Old Navy and blowing every dime. Your dad be like, man, dummy. Or if you came in and said, Dad, thank you for getting me that job. And I want to go to Old Navy, but before I do, I know I'm, I just can't thank you enough, Dad. And, and I want you to help me with this. You got me the job. I need you to coach me in how this, all this stuff works. I'm probably going to go down and get a checking account. I need you to help me with this. But here's my money. Tell me how to handle this. Your dad's not going to say, dummy. Your dad's going to say, wow, the sky's the limit for this kid. When you approach your heavenly father that you know it all, he's going to love you. You're still welcome to sleep in that bed and eat that food, but he's going to be like, poor kid. But when you come to your heavenly father and say, I just, I just need your blessing on my life. I need your wisdom. He's going to say the sky's the limit. What does that mean? Here's my last and final point. What does that mean? The sky's the limit for that kid. Well, it's this. If he can trust you to be faithful with mammon, the Bible said in Luke 16, he'll trust you with true riches. That tells me that there's something more special than mammon. But if he can't even trust you with mammon, how can he trust you with true riches? And the best example I can give is as a dad of girls. If the Lord tarries and I'm still around one day, when my daughter's 47, I will walk her down the aisle. <laughs> Y'all watch this. Everybody look at me real quick before I pray over you. One day, I will walk my daughter down the aisle by faith why in the world would I want to take the most special thing in my life my daughters my heart why would I want to give them over to someone that can't handle something so silly as money can't balance a checkbook can't pay bills on time, can't, 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 can't use simple arithmetic and 
understand you got to have this to live on this. You can't spend too much. Why would I want to take my daughter and hand her over to some punk that has no clue on how to just simply have something left at the end of the month? Matter of fact, I'm going to go further. I'm going to go further and make my daughter really nervous. Why would I want to give my daughter to a non-tither that doesn't understand that he needs God's wisdom in his life? So all you punks better start now. How's that tie into your scripture? This way. If we can't handle the simple increase of money, how is God going to give us true riches? What are those? There's different takes and commentaries, but I don't want to. Let's just say that it's greater than money. But if God can't trust us to make him the Lord over our money, how's he going to trust us with true riches? Guys, I want you to win. I want you to win at stewardship. There's an old way. There's a new progressive way. That leads to death. But the old way is proven. Put God first in your tithe. Manage what's left. You will find life until we all get together over there. Stand with me this morning. Amen. Let me pray over you. Heavenly Father, I thank you for my friends. I bless them in the name of Jesus Christ. As increase is given to us, I pray in the name of the Lord that we will consider, are we winning at how we manage this? Are we getting ourselves into more trouble by doing it the new, cool, progressive way? Or are we maintaining our rest and our emotions and our minds and feelings by doing it God's way? I pray a winning spirit upon all of us as we honor you as tithers. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's clap our hands one last time. Amen. God bless you. You're dismissed. Have a fabulous, fabulous week in Jesus. Commit to tithing in Jesus' name.